I'm looking out the window, wondering where people are because <laughs> you could hear a pin drop. I'm like, where's the bachata? Where are the people? Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. In this episode, you'll be listening to Victoria, who was a previous guest on the podcast all the way back on episode six, where she talked about living in Dominican Republic. So now we're going to catch up with Victoria to see what she's up to. In this episode, she talks about her move to Switzerland, why she left Dominican Republic, finding love and getting married, and everything in between. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color. Abroad. So, Victoria, <laughs> welcome back to In Living Color Abroad. How you doing? Good. Good to be back. Good to hear from you again. Likewise, likewise. It's been a minute. Uh, Victoria and I were just discussing mm-hmm. how the last time we spoke was literally three years ago when I interviewed her on yeah. episode seven, Dominican Republic. Check that out. Um, October 2019. And here we are on a, where are they now? Seeing what's going on with Victoria now in 2023. Happy New Year, by the way. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Yeah, officially second day of the year. <laughs> right, for second of the year. Starting off strong. So let's get right to it. Please, Victoria, remind Thank our you. listeners a little bit about yourself. Yes, so I am a teacher. I work abroad. The Dominican Republic was my first um, international teaching position, and I was out there for three years. Now I'm on my first year in Switzerland. Um, I teach um, humanities for high school, and I am originally from Texas, from La Frontera, right on the border. All right, all right. So before we get into, obviously, Switzerland and where are you now, let's go to where you were, which is, you said, Dominican Republic. When I interviewed you, you were only two months into this position in DR. So I want you to take me through, now that it's over and done with, the things that you would say you were, like, eye-opening for you in those three years in Dominican Republic. Yeah, so, um, yeah, when we spoke, it was at the very, very beginning. So I would say those were definitely, like, my initial um, comments, my initial thoughts on living there. And by the end of the three years, I feel like I got to know the country pretty well. I got to travel around to many different areas. Um, And I would say, one, I I was there during COVID. um, And especially through that, I think the biggest thing that I took from that is just how much privilege I have, to be honest. Um, I I felt like it's such a beautiful country. Um, The people were always so kind and friendly. It's such a social and colorful place. And, you know, I got to live a very nice life, a very protected life considering COVID. Um, I had a steady job. I had steady income during that time. I felt safe. You know, there was government policies in place and yet I felt like I could still live my life at the same time. So, you know, I, it's really is a place of, um, uh, it's like almost two extremes in some ways. Like, 
there might be a lot of poverty, but again, then there's a lot of like natural wealth and beauty. So overall, just it's it was a wonderful experience. Uh, wouldn't change it for anything. And there are definitely times I miss the Dominican. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about you mentioned the, the privilege, and, and you and you 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 know you mentioned in ways that you might have felt that privilege, but not mm-hmm. just the ways that you experienced it. How did that make you feel? You know, inside. Yeah, um, I mean, I came from um, an area of, you know, some poverty on the border in Texas. So, you know, that's, I felt like I, or I thought I I had seen a lot of, um, or I had already, I had a lot of privilege to begin with, Um, being able to go to college and secure a good job as a teacher. And then going into the Dominican Republic, I felt like that carried over, but, you know, in a different context. Um, there's definitely a noticeable wealth, noticeable wealth gap in the Dominican. You have, um, you know, the haves and the have-nots, just like any other place. But I felt like the middle class, you don't really see that as much as you do in the United States, you know. Um So, you know, just kind of at face value, even just walking around and just kind of taking in the landscape. And um, I lived in Santo Domingo. So, you know, that urban area, you definitely see both sides where you see a super chic restaurant with like boutiques nearby. And then, you know, just down the street, you see um, like Haitian refugees. Uh, So, you know, it was it was really interesting juxtaposition of the kind of life that different people have there from different backgrounds. Right, right. And it's, it's, it's interesting you say that because it's making me reflect on my time here in Costa Rica. And I feel very similar to you. I feel I, like uh-huh. I feel safe. And Costa Rica generally is a safe country, but I remember I was at an Uber one time and the guy's like, oh, how you like it in Costa Rica? I'm like, you know, it's cool, it's chill, it's, it's, it's peaceful, it's safe. He's like, yeah, you know, in some parts it's safe. And that him just yeah. saying that, made me realize it's obviously because of my immediate surroundings and where I always go to hang out that I feel this way. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not going mm-hmm. to hang out in, in barrios and things like that with, you know, with other people. Or you, like you said, different social <laughs> classes of people. The people that I mostly mm-hmm. interact with are people in a, the higher echelon of the social class here in Costa Rica. And I'm just used to that. And it's weird for me yeah. because, like you... Like, I didn't grow up in that. Like, people that I would interact with in New York, I wasn't the highest social class of people in New York. I was middle class <laughs> in New York. So it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was still consider I'm, I'm middle class here. But the people that I interact with, I would say, are in the upper middle to high class of society here in Costa Rica because of my position and, the you know, the social class of being working at international school, the people you interact with and things of that nature. And it's just so strange. It really is strange to me. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the context matters. And that's our, that was yours, right? That's my particular context. And that's definitely a weird place to navigate. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. And, and, you know, kind of like you were saying, just the coming from middle class and, you know, kind of reflecting on my childhood and where I grew up, you know, looking back, I'm like, okay, you know, I I maybe wasn't low class, um, but probably closer to middle class. Um, and you can still kind of like move around that area. Whereas in the Dominican, uh, it's very one or the other, 
Mm. You know, there's not really so much in the middle. And yet, you know, there is a billiards spot right by my apartment. And uh, of course, it was like mostly men and stuff. But, you know, I went in there a couple times with some friends and everybody was just so welcoming. And so just like, hi, what are you doing here? And, you know, just kind of curious and they were so into their games <laughs> but you know I, I always felt welcomed uh, so that was that was also just a really cool thing where even though they could tell like oh yeah this girl's not from here she's definitely a foreigner <laughs> she's not a Dominican <laughs> um, <laughs> it was still very such like a welcoming and, and warm and friendly place nice 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 and so let, let's talk about we mentioned things that were you know eye-opening I want to talk about what was going through your mind. When did you know that your time in DR was coming to an end? You know, so um, I am, well, actually, I'm married now. And, oh, uh, congrats. That's, that's a different state than you were in October 2019. You were not. Yes, yes, exactly. Congratulations. So I had, thank you. And we just had our one-year anniversary yesterday. Uh, we got married, like, within a like less than a year but we know each other from childhood um so his name's andrew he also grew up in mission texas and um he moved to the dr he works online so we were just kind of thinking like okay we you know should we stay here another year or look for another place um and i thought you know i wanted to be able to like have him have say is into like where he was and um have that kind of choice instead of just like following me to the place mm -hmm. so that was kind of what initially made me think like you know what let me try another spot so it wasn't even so much i'm done with the dr i felt you know complete or anything it was more like okay let me shift gears and include the other person in my life and and have him also have say mm. And I mean, I mean, now that you mentioned it, I got to know more details about this. And so, so there are listeners, but you said you guys reconnected. So you just happened to be in DR? No, no. We uh, reconnected in Texas. Oh. I guess kind of online. Okay. Yeah. So he, his first, he had never even been out of the U.S. before uh, until he went to the DR. So huge change for him uh but we had known each other since elementary and then just kind of you know you maybe keep in very loose touch on social right. media and then yeah we just kind of reconnected and knew right away like oh yeah we want to do this <laughs> <laughs> and we were, <laughs> we were married like within a year and now he's over here with me as well right so, so he moved to dr he moved to DR right, right. and, um, you know, so he had some experience there as well. And then now he's over here in Switzerland and this was like both of our choice. So I guess that was my, my thinking in, in terms of like moving on from the DR is that I wanted us to both have a pick and both have a say as to where we were right. living. And that's so interesting because usually as you, you might be aware, it's usually the other way around, right? The traveling spouse, right? Is usually reserved for... Mm -hmm. women right that they're following the the, the husband totally. around right you know but no in this case it's the other way around so more power to you now <laughs> yeah i mean like we we're setting up our bank accounts here and stuff and like they made him the primary and the joint account and i'm like whoa whoa, whoa we're here because of me like that's my paycheck like coming into this account but and he works you know, online just, just 
Yeah, yeah. He he reads like brain studies, brain scans online. Oh wow! So he can um, work from virtually anywhere. That's that's pretty awesome. Okay, and and okay. So mm-hmm. what, so now that you mention all these details, though, when did you know that? Literally, tell me the date that you knew DR is ending. Oh man, uh, I guess I officially told my school because you know how you have. You have a date to let them know right, whether right. you would be returning for the next year or not. I believe that was October 31st or the very, very end of October okay. was when we had to officially let them know. And that is such an intimidating thing to do because, as you know, with like international teaching, you usually have to let go of your current job before you have another one secured. Mm. So there was that, you know, kind of time of, of limbo of, like, oh my gosh, am I going to get a job? And right. is it going to be one that I, you know, I'm excited about? And so, you know, I was definitely sweating bullets for a little while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That has to, I mean, like I said, that has to be, that has to be crazy, that uncertainty, right? You have a job secured, you know, mm-hmm. you signed a two-year contract, whatever the case may be. And like you said, even when you renew, which I've been in this position, when you renew, you're renewing like in November. Like, so, <laughs> yeah, like November, yeah, December exactly. is like, all right, I guess I have a job for next July, you know? But like you said, mm-hmm. when you have to also say, all right, I'm not coming back, you're like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, that's step one. That right. is step that's one. That's step one. <laughs> <laughs> so take me to that process. Like you said, you were sweating bullets. What was going through your mind when you're like, all right, now I know it's officially done. There's an expiration date to this journey. Yeah. I mean, after that, it was kind of all of a sudden my list of all the things I wanted to do or see <laughs> in the DR became like priority. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't gone here. I haven't done this. And, you know, so last year, second half of the year, it was a lot of, of doing that, right? And doing, trying not to think of, oh, this is the last trip with this particular friend group or this could be the last time. And this, you know, just like all the drama. Like, you know, cue the violins and just watching the sunset in the band. Oh, so. So, Because I loved it. I loved it. And I love my friends there. And it's not the last, of course, you know, but. it, it did kind of speed up that process for me. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, though, what happens to the mind? What, because, again, a lot of us live, you know, and I'm guilty. We're all guilty of this, where we kind of live life on autopilot, right? We take the next day and the next hours, the next moment for granted. But when you know, mm-hmm. and like I said, professionally in this situation and then personally, right? Because, again, it's not just, okay, it's not like in a national context where, all right, I'm leaving my job. All right, let me see where I can work five mile in a five mile radius. You know what I mean? This is like, all right, yeah, I'm leaving exactly. this country. Like, yep. <laughs> that's a complete, <laughs> that, that has to feel like a complete different. And like, I experienced that obviously in New York when I was leaving, you know, New, uh, New York and coming to Costa Rica. But I can't even imagine, like you said, now in an international context, now going somewhere else internationally. So that's definitely, that's definitely yeah. wild. But I think, like, you said, tell me if I'm wrong here, but it makes you appreciate those moments even more because you know that it was potentially the last. 
Oh, totally. You, you know, I feel like it really put me in the state of mind where I was just really trying to live in the present, doing certain things, especially with certain friends and certain people. Um, and there's so many different areas in the DR. Um, I love Las Arenas and Playa Cozon. And Andrew and I, we had like a little um, ceremony there, actually. And it just became such a like place near and dear to my heart. And so, you know, just going there the last time for the moment right for now uh yeah you just kind of you just kind of really look around and and think like man I have lived such a beautiful life here and you know this country afforded me such amazing experiences and just wonderful memories wonderful people wonderful friends and connections and you know so you feel that in those in those moments Right, right, right. That's that's a, that's a powerful thing. That's a very powerful thing. And yeah. it's a beautiful thing because, again, you're making these decisions for your life, right? And obviously, for your partner as well. So that's a, that's a wonderful thing. So now let's talk about how you found this job in Switzerland. Take me through that process. You applied through agencies. What was it, What were you doing? Yeah, so um, I applied through Search Associates. And um, basically, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, we were actually looking in Asia, and I had interviewed with a school in South Korea and I went through like a couple of different interviews and I got so close to the end of the process and they didn't offer me the job. Mm. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be jobless next year. I'm, I'm not going to be able to work like this. <laughs> you know, it just kind of yeah. all of the fears of that job process just come to the forefront. Um, so then I thought I need to apply everywhere. Like mm. forget about being selective everywhere <laughs> is on the table now. Like right. I will take anything. <laughs> so then I found this amazing school in Switzerland and they had a position open and I thought, you know what, let me apply and I just, I loved their mission. I loved, you know, the, their philosophy that, that I read about online and then I got called for an interview and another interview and um, yeah, and then I ended up getting the job offer and it was actually, it coincided at the same time, it was either between here or Singapore. Oh. So two totally different choices, um, totally different places, totally different parts of the world. And um, together we ended up deciding that Switzerland would, was the best overall choice. So here we are. And how did you guys come to that decision? What what was weighing in favor of Switzerland over Singapore? You know, ultimately, honestly, it came down, and I know maybe this sounds a little silly, but it kind of came down to the gut feeling. Mm. And it just kind of felt like that was where we would be happiest overall. And this is so strange. So when I first started looking at jobs internationally, when I was still in Texas, I had a goal. I was like, I want to end up teaching at Singapore American School. Like to me, that's like the ultimate, like that is one of the best schools, like that's what it's known for. And I'm like, if I'm there, that means that I'm going to develop so much professionally and it's going to be awesome. Dude, and I got I got the offer. Wow. Wow. And That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I got the, And I was just like, okay, this is it. It's going to be Singapore. Like, obviously, it's going to be Singapore. And then I just kind of, like, I felt like, wait a minute. I think 
I think it should be Switzerland. And <laughs> <laughs> it felt it felt very strange telling, you know, thanking them and, and, and declining the offer and, and then taking Switzerland. But ultimately, you know, just being able to be away from an urban area, being able to like really be around nature and have it so accessible kind of having a slower pace of life um, and a slower pace to, to the day in, in a lot of different ways. Um, I thought that that was, that became very attractive and for both me and, and for Andrew. Mm. So that's what we ended up choosing. Sing Singapore school is probably like, no one rejects us. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they were a little surprised. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I was feeling maybe this isn't it, but I think that just goes to show, you know, life is not always what you think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you, it's just sometimes it just comes down to the feeling and what feels is right for you. Right, right. I mean, I think you just, you, the way you express it, like I felt like I was living through you in those moments. You, I'm imagining you like literally rejecting them, but you know, at least in the back of your mind, yo, when I was in Texas, this was the goal. But like you said, goals change, mm -hmm. life changes. And that's the beautiful yeah, thing about mm -hmm. life, that you go through this journey, but you're even surprising yourself, right? So I think that that's a, yeah. one, that's a wonderful thing, and that you made a decision that you felt fit best, not right just for yourself, but for you and your partner, right, in your future. So that's a, mm -hmm. that's a wonderful thing, and I congratulate you on making such a tough, tough decision. <laughs> <laughs> saying you. no to your yeah. dream job that's that's an awesome thing so you, you mentioned how you want to live like a slower pace of life or whatever the case may be so do you mm -hmm. feel like this was a contrast to dr obviously we're going to get into all the difference between dr and switzerland but in terms of like pace of life do you feel like you were living a faster pace of life in dr than you now are in switzerland oh man yeah i i was in santo domingo and all of the teachers at the school and all of my friends there lived so close so almost every single, almost every single day, I was doing something social. I was like, and I'm going to say, I don't know how that'll make me sound, right? Like, oh, this girl party is like, no, really, it's so much party. It's like, you just do things. You go places, right. you go to this spot, like you go to happy hour here, you go over to this person's house for dinner. Right. And then on weekends, we were constantly going out to the beach because it was so close and, wow. um, and affordable. And, you know, it was just there was always something going on always 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 and then santo domingo um is such a, a busy city right there's so much happening um lots of of uh density right like it's it's high population density so you feel like you're in that urban area so you know that that in itself is a whole factor like okay well how long is it going to take us to get there well what time are we going is what kind of traffic is going to what, what is that going to be like and so if we wanted to hang out we'd be like okay if we're going to go all the way to Biantini for dinner we're going to have to let's make it a later evening so you know I was always doing something mm. there was always plans happening and it was so fun and you know I was like my best social self uh when I was over there but I also felt like, you know what, I think, uh, I don't know if it's that I'm getting older, or I don't know if it's just maybe my body needed a little bit of a rest. <laughs> the idea of like JOMO, like the joy of missing out, I was like, you know what, that might, 
that might be my new motto living, <laughs> living elsewhere i've never heard of jo- jomo i've never heard of that you just make that up or that actually is a real thing <laughs> no it's a thing but i don't think many people are into it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great i mean first of all let me just say i just listening to what you're describing is making me jealous because I'm, I'm an extrovert i'm super social and what you describe is the exact opposite of what life like is here living in Costa Rica. Like, it's not that at all. It's not a thing where there's always something to do. It's so chill. It's like, all right, yeah, you know, great seeing you, you know, colleagues. All right, see you on Monday. (laughs) We're going to enjoy our weekend with, you know, our family and whatever. It's way way more detached. And I'm I'm not used to that. Even though, Mm -hmm. I mean, now I am. I've been here here three years. (laughs) But, like, leaving from New York, like, we just described was literally my experience at my old school in Brooklyn, where there was, and again, obviously, it's New York City, it's Brooklyn, right? So it's like, there was always something going on on either one mm-hmm. day or two days out of the week, right? Because, again, proximity to where people lived, right? Uh, the age demographic, maybe of staff or whatever the case may be. And there was always things to do mm-hmm. and things that were going on. And that is the exact opposite here. And is but it's made yeah. me like it's made me slow down. That's the that's that's the good thing, right? Because I wasn't. Well, dude, I, you got your degree. I mean, you right? <laughs> I know that that's the funny part. It's funny you say that, right? Because I think of, I thought about that. I was like, Angel, would you have been able to uh, do as one finish a master's degree as you're working full time, do as well as you mm-hmm. did, uh, you know, get a graduate distinction? Were you, were you able to do that if you were living in New York? The answer is probably not. So I, <laughs> so I guess you are correct. You're correct. That is just me, Jomo. I'm, I'm going to do Jomo now. I'm going to do Jomo. Joy Messiah. Yeah, Jomo. Jomo. Make it a thing. 2023. Enjoying Jomo. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay. I mean, this is wonderful the way you describe this. And again, just listening to you talk. And I just had, I just uh, spoke to somebody uh, before the new year. They moved from France uh, to D.C., and I could just hear this self-reflection going on. And I think that's such a mm-hmm. wonderful thing because, again, in my perspective, from my my own uh, opinion, I don't think we should be moving through life on autopilot, right? We need to be intentional mm-hmm. about the decisions we make. And it's clear to me, speaking to you, that you were very intentional about this. You know, like you said, it was a gut feeling. You, th- you, you outweighed pros and cons of your past experiences to what you want out of life. The Jomo of life, right? And so, <laughs> so you, you thought about these things like, you, you know, it weighed on you and you made a decision based on those things. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, definitely um, this place is Switzerland. Um, honestly, from night one, I realized, okay, I'm in a completely different place. <laughs> like, this is not Santo Domingo whatsoever. <laughs> Life, life is a lot, definitely a lot slower here. It's like people, people are just taking time, sipping, taking little sips out of their day. It's just, you know, they're just chilling here. Right, right. And we're going to, perfect segue. So now let's talk about where you are now, finally, <laughs> in Switzerland. So you mentioned yeah. night one. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm not in Kansas anymore. You know, I'm now in, <laughs> Swi- now, now in Switzerland. What part of Switzerland are you living in? So I am um, about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, like southwest of Zurich. I'm in a small, I'm living in like a small town. Mm. My town's name is Macon and it's like really small town living. Um, I'm about five minutes down to, or five minute walk down to the lake, about a 15 minute walk up to the forest. Wow. And like, okay, so examples. 
Um, the grocery store on weekdays closes at 7 p.m., 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and is not open on Sundays. <laughs> like, <laughs> so people are done with their day so early, and yeah, I did not realize people could be so quiet. <laughs> so. Dude, like, okay, so night one, uh, we were staying at an Airbnb in Lucerne, a city about 15 minutes away from where we're living right now. As like our, That was like our transition spot as we were moving into our apartment. And first night, I'm looking out the window wondering where people are because <laughs> you could hear a pin drop. I'm like, where's the bachata? Where are the people? Like, where's the chisme? I want to overhear the neighbors talking about. Like, what is going on? It was the strangest thing because I'm sure, as you know, in the DR, you always there's always something happening, right? You always hear something. Right, right. You sleep with the windows open, and you can hear your neighbors talking. You can hear the music down the street from the Colmado. You hear people walking by, and and then here, total opposite. Everybody's tucked indoors, ready to end their night very quietly. You know, by eight p.m. <laughs> That's crazy. And it's funny because I actually did. I interviewed someone that's living in Switzerland like twenty episodes ago, and they they mentioned that like it's so quiet, like people are not, you know, they they they're reserved. Is that it has a fair assessment of the culture? There's more reserved culture. Totally, totally. And the thing is, and I would say the difference is like because people are so nice, like they're right. very nice and polite, but they're they are doing their own thing. They're reserved. They have like you. Good luck, like breaking into their <laughs> into the core of who they are. Like they, whereas, like in the dr, oh, you know everything about them in the first hour and right, your right, best right. buds, you know, like your best friends. Uh, and here, people are just very, the, the culture is, is very calm, very reserved, very, like, there's a certain etiquette, like, they don't want to intrude, and therefore, they are not going to be loud, but they're also not going to maybe offer themselves, you right, know, up right. front. So, what, what was your, what was your plan of attack into, like, all right, this is going to be home for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. What you're like, all right, I got to do this. I got to do that. What What was your plan of attack to integrate yourself? Um, so I learned how to say hello. I learned how to say grutzi. And then I had very big dreams for like mastering German. So that has not happened. <laughs> <laughs> German is so hard. And they don't even speak. So you learn high German, but they don't speak high German. They speak all kinds of different little dialects of Swiss German. So <laughs> that's been a thing. So in terms of integration, okay, language is not it. Um, <laughs> tried that and failing and uh, still going to work on it. We'll see how it goes. Um, and then aside from that, I'm just like, okay, do as a Swiss do. I'm going to, you know, keep my music down, right? I'm going to do the the polite exchange and, you know, so it's just kind of, I guess I'm at the point right now because we've been here, what, about four months, five months or so? Um, Just getting to know the area, the cashiers at the grocery store know me already and they're very sweet and polite. Um, But to be honest, it's, it's, it's hard making friends here. So even me, I'm like, I make friends with everybody. 
And You're like, is, and is there something wrong with me? Am I not? <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? Did I lose my charm? Like, am I not who I, who I thought I was? I don't know. <laughs> so um, there's definitely a strong international community here. So we have made quite a few international friends. We have some neighbors right next door who are from South Africa. So we hang out with them. I guess uh, our other plan of attack um, has been we've we adopted two dogs. <laughs> I've seen them a lot on Instagram. These two will love. What are they? Greyhounds? What are they? They're yeah, they're Spanish greyhounds, and they're just the sweetest, most loving little things ever. And so basically our life kind of revolves around them. <laughs> but <laughs> dude, I actually know more dogs here than people. Like <laughs> I was just gonna ask you that. <laughs> yeah, well you you go walking the dogs and then you chat with the with the dog owner as well. So that's kind of been nice getting to know the dog owners. But I know their dogs' names. I recall their dogs' names so much better than their own. Oh, and, wow. you know, it gets to that point where, like, oh, no, when do I ask them for their name again? Or it's too late. That's, I'll just stick uh... with, like, talking with their dog. Like, hey, Mojo. Hey, Kiba. <laughs> and, and then, you know, so I, I know quite a few dogs here. So I would say my social circle has become a lot more canine. Right. But I'm sure the dogs help, right, with the social. Like, all right, now we have a reason to talk to each other and engage. You have a dog. I have a dog. That has to help, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's a whole thing, you know, it's a whole thing. It's like a dog owner thing. So right, 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 that's right. been nice. Yeah. I've always seen your Instagram with, with, with your dogs mm -hmm. and the snowy Alps or whatever, wherever you are. So describe, yeah. <laughs> describe what's your day to day like in Switzerland compared to the Dominican Republic? Yeah. So day to day here is definitely, I'm outside a lot. And, and really it's thanks to the dogs, which I really enjoyed. So because we live in like a small town, there's so many little trails, um, so many areas. We have the forest right there. We have the lake right there. So I'm outside so much and it is so refreshing. Um, and I think honestly, it's kind of helped me acclimate because <laughs> I was worried about winter. I'm like, I am not built for winter. But we take out the dogs four times a day. I usually do two. Andrew will do two. And just doing that on a daily basis. And I'm outside, well, on a work day, like 5.30 a.m., I take them out for their first walk. And it's honestly been such a nice start to the day. And it can be a pain and I can be tired. But once I'm out there and... It's, it's dark, right? But it just sounds so beautiful and my pups are happy and it's a very kind of like almost like a meditative way to start the day. Mm. Like, you know, you're just walking out there. It's been cold lately. You're bundled up and it's, it's quiet. It's clearing. It's kind of just like a little meditation to start the day, mm, including, I mean, except for, for picking up the dog poop. That's <laughs> kind of like. <laughs> I was going to say, do you, do you just put snow and bury the poop with the snow or no? <laughs> oh my, I would get kicked out of this country for doing that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that is against the law. Oh my god. I'm going to get this girl and her dogs out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds peaceful the way, the way you describe it. I, I'm just imagining like, you know, a light snowfall in the early brisk morning. As you're walking your dogs, your dogs are running and playing. Yeah, that's not, that sounds pretty peaceful, I'm not going to lie. 
Yeah, it's, you know, and like thinking from last year to this year, I'm like, man, my life is so different. Like, wow. I'm constantly outside with the dogs, like, but in quiet, you know, kind of more secluded areas. Um, and I'm at home a lot more. I'm just kind of like, I've kind of become like cocooned in a way, which I think is really good in, in a lot of very positive ways. Mm-hmm. And how we describe transition working in Switzerland now at the school that you're at? Yeah, so I uh, I love the school that I'm at. I'm at ISZL, um, International School of Zoos and Lucerne. And it is, I honestly, I feel like I've become so much more creative in my teaching. I feel like I've learned so much from my, my coworkers. Um, it's a very collaborative place. Mm. So I've been able to just have really great conversations like, talking shop with my other coworkers, trying new things. Um, the kids are very like open to, you know, trying out different things in the classroom. And they're, I, at first I was like, are these kids going to be boring? Like my Dominican <laughs> kids were so fun. <laughs> and you know what? Like these kids are so great. Like they are just, I love talking with them and and I love having them in the classroom and you know so I've I'm very happy that even though maybe like Swiss culture isn't all about like connecting with people I I really feel like the the people at my school they do want to connect and I've been able to connect with my kids Mm. so that's been a really it's been a great first semester very busy I feel like I'm at 100 miles an hour but I feel so productive. I feel like I'm learning a lot. I feel like I'm pushing myself professionally and trying out different things. And it's been going very, it's been going really well. That's awesome. And the, the student demographic is mostly Swiss students? It's actually very international. So this area is kind of like a tax haven. Okay. <laughs> um, so... So tons of businesses from all around the world are like, yeah, that's where we want to set up. (laughs) So there's people from all over. It's mostly, it's international, but mostly Caucasian, like people from other um, European countries or places like um, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, uh, places like that. And so it is nationally diverse, but not so much ethnically diverse if, if that makes sense yeah that makes perfect sense yeah and are you the only mm-hmm. latina on staff um i have my bff Ana Maria. <laughs> <laughs> so we are <laughs> we're almost the only two latinas on staff um but it's so interesting i feel like so when i was growing up on the border in texas you don't realize you're Mexican, right? Because mm. everybody else is around you. Mm-hmm. And then I went to College Station to Texas A&M. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm a Mexican. Okay. Right. <laughs> because it's a very, you know, white school. And over there, I was, you know, people, I had a very interesting experience there. Um, you know, kind of looking back, I, I realized like, oh, yeah, and I was, in a totally different environment and I, and I felt it at that time but I guess as I've gotten older I've been able to like process that a little bit more and then in the DR I was I was wera you know I was light complected and I was definitely seen as as a foreigner in that sense wait you were what they called you what 
Like Weta. Weta. I never heard of that. What's what was Weta? Like 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 complected. Oh, I did I did okay. First time I'm hearing that or, term. And, or something. No, Weta. Oh maybe yeah, maybe it's a slang or something. Or or sometimes they call me Rubia because I had uh, Rubia I've heard, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I was Weta, I was Rubia. Um and then here I'm like all of a sudden I'm super Mexican again. <laughs> mm. So that has also been interesting in, you know, how in terms of like navigating through spaces and how people perceive you. Whereas in the Dominican, I was seen as white, you know, coming from the United States, lighter complected with like blonde highlights. And then here I come in and I'm seen more as like definitely ethnic um, and yeah, like kind of, oh, you know, this person's definitely from another part of the world. So that has also been interesting. And then I'm from Texas and the way that I talk, you know, my kids find it fun and amusing and, you know, I'll say y'all sometimes. And <laughs> it's like, you know, that's just what you say. And oh my God, dude. And they didn't know Bad Bunny. I was like, oh, wow. You I was like, forget the, the lessons. We need to learn Bad Bunny first. <laughs> Living on the rock so, or a snowy alp there, the Swiss in Switzerland. I'm like, time out, time out. You guys need to, I got to catch you up on a few things. <laughs> That's crazy. This, so, is high, this is high school? High school. High what school. the hell? How is that even possible? Dude, I said the same thing. I'm like, where am I? Like, That's crazy. What am I doing here? That's wild. Oh, man. So definitely different. I, I, It's a totally different experience, but it does kind of remind me of, of my first time in college and being in that kind of, in a different context like that and being perceived, you know, in the way that the world sees you and the way that the world perceives you, um, how different that can be. Like, I'm the same person, I look the same, I, I act the same, and yet, like, who I am in a certain space or mm -hmm. in a certain group of people changes, you know. Right. And I'm sure that has to be, you know, uh, a challenge, whether externally or internally or both, right, of you being aware of the way you are perceived in different spaces in different contexts but you are victoria <laughs> you know mm -hmm. but the way victoria is perceived differs right depending on where you are but again i think all these experiences you're talking about relating back to texas and your college and then dr and now switzerland obviously this is all building you up right is building up this mm -hmm. this individual that's going to grow both professionally and personally because you're exposing yourself in ways that you probably, like you said, you surprise yourself, right? <laughs> You're even yeah, in yeah. Switzerland. So that has to be, it's, it's growth, right? But it's not It's not always going to be comfortable growth, right? It's going to be uncomfortable as well. Um, so, yeah. Totally. But I, I'm curious yeah, to, to find out about, uh, after we do another, what are they now in a year from now? <laughs> <laughs> but, this is, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, no, 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 just still living my Jomo life. Right, right, your Jomo life. <laughs> Doing what I can in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. All right, so now we're getting to the last segment of the podcast. I don't know if you remember, we do a lightning round where, you know, I ask you a question, and the first thing that comes to your mind, that's what you answer with. Ooh, okay, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. What is um, your favorite food in Switzerland? Raclette. <laughs> what is it? 
Rucklet. What's that? It's like, um, it's basically just grilled bubbly cheese. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Poured over like potatoes or veggies and or veggies and sausage on the side. Okay. It's, it's like a Swiss thing. It's so good. Okay. I have a little Rucklet grill in my apartment, so <laughs> turn Wh- that on every week. <laughs> <laughs> Which food do you miss the most uh, from DR? Oh, man, tostones. Like, that is such a go-to snack, you know. <laughs> beach, to me, that's beach food. Like, get yeah. your get your presidente and tostones, and it's going to be a good day. <laughs> um, what do you miss the most about living in DR? My friends. Mm. Definitely my friends. I mean, mm-hmm. all that, all that uh, you know, all the social hangouts, right? The, the daily social hangouts that you mentioned. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah. The social calendar. The, the full social calendar. <laughs> um, what do you not miss about living in DR? I don't miss... Oh, that's a good one. Um, I guess I don't miss... Oh, you know what? I don't miss feeling uncomfortable walking around at night. Mm, mm. That was something I always was aware of. Okay. And you mean like being a woman mm-hmm. at night walking alone? <laughs> Yeah, but also, like, nobody's called me Bonita in a while, so <laughs> <laughs> that was not, that was not always an unwelcome thing, you know? Mm. Like, you got to get that ego boost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> got you, got you. Um, what do you like so far the most about living in Switzerland? The nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you like most, cold weather or hot weather? Hot weather, <laughs> decidedly hot weather. <laughs> right, right, but I like what you, I, I like how you specify. Right? You like the nature, you, even though it's cold, you still could appreciate the nature of a place, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. But you definitely. <laughs> All right, definitely. beach or mountains? Um. Oh man, right now I'm on I'm on the mountain jam. But ask me again in February, and I'll probably say beach. But for now. <laughs> Got you, got you. For now, definitely mountain. All right, last question. You can answer however you would like to. What do you want to see for Victoria in this next year in Switzerland? Ooh, I want to see. I want to see a a healthy and productive routine, and I feel like Switzerland lends to that. I think I can really cultivate like some really good healthy things professionally and having balance um also you know being outside um on a regular basis having like fun things with my husband and and checking different things out but like kind of build it into like a good and healthy routine i hope you enjoyed that episode with victoria i most definitely did I just think it's so cool how much can change, right? I mean, we did speak like three and a half years ago, but still, she got married. She's living in a different continent, you know, and she turned down her dream job. I think that's such a cool thing to for life to change, you know, in, in ways that are unexpected to one. And, to, you know, she said, go with your gut. It's cliche, but she went with her gut. And she trusted it and she's enjoying life now. And she's looking forward to the future with her partner and with her two <laughs> greyhound dogs and life in cold, snowy Switzerland. I will touch base with her again to see if she's accustomed to the cold <laughs> or if she, still, if she misses uh, the beaches and palm trees 
and the chisme, the, the, the bochinche of Dominican Republic, the gossip. Um, but yeah, that that was that was fun to, to talk to Victoria. I love the series. Where are they now? I love it. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm definitely enjoying it. Reconnecting with people I haven't spoke to in a minute. So yeah, next time on the podcast, you'll be listening to Lanita, who I interviewed in the past on episode 63, where she talked about living in Guatemala. Now, Lanita has moved elsewhere. So I'm going to touch base with her and continue this series, Where Are They Now?, to see what she's been up to. And it's been a lot. Let me tell you, I already recorded the episode. She's been, she's, she's done a lot. And I can't wait for you to hear it. So be on the lookout for that. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. See you next time. This is A Living Color Abroad. Peace.